I know it's good morning to you once again. If you're just joining us, this is GospelBellsRadio.com, your community Christian internet talk radio with a mission to engage the contemporary culture with the mind of Christ. It's Thursday, the 16th of November, 2023. The program is On the Lord's Side, Christian Perspectives on News and Current Events. My name is Olufemi Oguntoko. You can follow me on Twitter at Olufemi OG. You can follow GospelBellsRadio on Twitter at GospelBellsRadio. And this morning, we are beginning uh, with an engagement with a video that started trending, I believe, late yesterday. I did not see it until uh, late yesterday when I saw it in my inbox on Twitter. It was sent to me by my brother and then sent to me by my wife as well. And I said to myself, well, there must be something about this video. Maybe I've been off social media for a while. So I did not uh, get a head start. But I wanted to listen to this video. And I'd like to have your opinion as well. Uh, many people have expressed their opinions about it on social media. And as we always make the point here on, on the Lord's side, you say the opinions you hold on many issues, in fact, on all issues, will be primarily informed by your worldview, by your worldview. And the, your worldview will be the framework the framework within which you think, what informs your thinking. There must be a framework that informs everybody's thinking about everything. And it's about everything. Uh, so you find that we always make this point. If you have a Christian worldview, it becomes easier for you to take positions on different things, to have opinions on different matters. It becomes easy, e- easy for you to, to take a side, to take a side. But when you don't have a Christian worldview, or when you have uh, a, a, a worldview other than a Christian worldview, yeah, it may be easy as well for you to take a, to take a side, but then you always choose choose the wrong side. Uh, in this case, I want to listen to the audio from this video. Uh, you, Many people who are in Nigeria would immediately recognize the person speaking. The person speaking in this video is the general overseer of the redeemed Christian Church of God, Pastor Enoch Adeboy. I wanted to listen to the testimony he gave. Now, this particular video I'm playing is one that has been laced with the opinion of the editor, the editor of this video. So, this is put forward on social media as a skit of sort you know as a as a uh, as a comedy of sort so you have uh, the people who edited this video overlaying it with some sound bites that may not reflect what you think about this but i wanted to to take pains to listen uh, to the essential part of the video to that testimony given by pastor enoch adeboy and let's have your your view on it as well Okay, just hold on. We're going to make an attempt to play it out now. I was invited. Okay, listen to it now. Years ago, this man, I was invited to Colorado in America in January. I don't like cold weather at all. So I said to my father, I'm going to Colorado. While I am there, suspend winter. Throughout the days I was there, people were wearing t-shirts. What? In January. 
He put away the winter, brought in summer. I boarded the plane at 5 p.m. to travel back to Nigeria. Two hours after I left, all the snow that had been hanging in the air began to fall. Maybe they call and go. Now it's always turn up. You know, he he got turn up. He got turn up. Well, okay, you had that. That is testimony shared by uh, Pastor Enoch Adeboy, the the general overseer of the redeemed Christian Church of God, a church uh, founded in Nigeria, but has now become, I believe, a global church. Uh, people say that there is hardly a country in the world where you do not find uh, you do not find a church affiliated with the redeemed Christian Church of God. But but you have that testimony, and and I warned you before playing it that this version I have of that testimony, uh, the video I have is the one that has been overlaid by the opinion of the editor, the person who put out this video, because this person put it out as a, a skit of sorts, as a skit, as something to humor, to humor people, to humor people uh, in the uh, in the on, on social media, to humor people. And I want to ask you, were you humored by that? Uh, did you think that 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 Christian would give that testimony, whether it was attempting to humor, to humor us, and uh, many people received uh, received that uh, video on social media as a humor of sort of sort i mean I, i'm going to attempt to read out some of the some of the reactions to that video i mean if you missed it uh, basically what he, what uh, pastor Dibwe said there uh, is this he testified that uh, sometime in a particular year in january he was invited to minister uh at Colorado, Colorado is a state in the United States that it was invited there. Of course, it is common knowledge that uh, for many parts of North America and in Europe, uh, January would be winter time, would be winter time, extreme cold in some areas. I do not know how cold it gets in, in Colorado, but you know, winter is winter. Uh, for a person who is African, who, has live, who lives generally in Nigeria, uh, to go there uh, in January would be would be quite something because that i mean that's the thick of winter so uh pastor Deboy said in that video that he was invited to colorado but as he accepted the invitation he prayed to god he said i said to my father i mean he prayed to god and said god please well i have to go for this uh this administration in colorado it's winter time you know that i don't like cold weather you know i don't do well during winter please suspend please suspend the winter while i'm there and afterwards do what you would and according to Pastor Deboy in this video, he said for the two weeks that he was there, uh, that people were going about in t-shirts, meaning that it was not cold at all, winter was not fed at all. If, uh, of course, if people can go out in t-shirt during winter, then that that tells you that they at that time they were experiencing the very opposite of winter, which would be summer. And he said two hours after he boarded his flight, he received news that well. Winter descended back heavily on that state or uh, the part of the state where he stayed. And many people could not believe it on social media. Many people could not believe it. Uh, somebody wrote saying that the GO can suspend a whole season in another country because he doesn't want to wear sweaters like a normal person but 
can't suspend the Naira from falling drastically in his own country. How can you people let someone lie so shamelessly in front of the world? That's the reaction from someone on Twitter saying, Oh, can't we all see through this that this is blatant lying? How can you let someone lie so shamelessly in front of the world? I mean, I have my opinions on this and I'm going to share it shortly. Again, we have here, I mean, just, just a cursory engagement with this view. Somebody, this person who wrote saying that the GO can, that the GO will be referring to, uh, Pastor Deboe, who is the general overseer, that is the GO of the Redeemed Christian Church, because that GO can suspend the whole season. I mean, that's missing the point entirely by saying that the GO can suspend the pastor himself who gave that testimony did not say that he suspended winter in colorado in the january of that year he said he prayed to god and that's one thing that the that the secular mind cannot wrap its 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 mind around that the, that the secular man the secular person cannot wrap his or her mind around uh, to acknowledge that it is God. And the pastor who gave that testimony did say that he prayed to God. He did not say that when I got there, I said, Winter, you take, uh, take, uh, Winter, please leave and let there be someone. He said he prayed to God and that God granted, God granted his, his prayer. Another person responded saying, I believe Nigerians' daftness is a divine thing. God himself is aware of our foolishness and he approves of it. Maybe it's high time we stopped blaming these men of God's self. Nigerians are too foolish. I mean, this is another opinion saying that it is not the pastor who gave that outlandish testimony to use their own, uh, their own expression. That it's not the pastor who gave the outlandish testimony that should be blamed. It should be the gullible Nigerians who believe such testimonies. Another person was saying, how can people be this foolish? It baffles me. It baffles me. How can people be this foolish? Another person wrote, saying, My neighbor actually believed his pastor traveled to Europe without entering plane. He just disappeared and he just disappeared and, and appeared there. Okay, I recall that there's a testimony like that as well uh, in uh, in the past. And we did engage with it a long time on uh, a long time ago on, on the Lord's side, where I think a pastor, a Nigerian pastor, testified that uh, without Getting into a plane, he found himself in Europe. Uh, he ministered and then found himself back in in Nigeria. Yes, I'm that person. I can't believe how unintelligent and gullible we are in this country. All common sense goes to the wind once religion is involved. All common sense goes to the wind once religion is involved. And again, that that would be echoing uh, one of the. I mean, that would be equaling one of the most celebrated, uh, most celebrated statements, most celebrated quotes in some intellectual circles, especially in secular atheist intellectual circles. This is something. Uh, this is a quote that is attributed to Karl Marx. Karl Marx on religion uh, is the one who is famous or infamous, depending on where you stand, for saying religion is the opium of the people. It is the sigh of the oppressed creature. The heart of a heartless world and the soul of our soulless conditions. That's how Karl Marx described religion. He says, look, religion is the opium of the people. And what you know, you know what opium does? Opium is that thing that uh, that suspends that suspends your rational thinking and rational behavior and may and 
and makes you uh, not able to act as you would and 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 draws you back and Karmak said religion is the opium of the people meaning that if you want the people not to act if you want the people not to fight back just tell them that your religion forbids it tell them that god forbids it and that's the thinking of many people who are actually angry who are actually angry with what is going on in many parts of the world many parts of the world uh, they say that oh for example in nigeria many people are not happy with what the government is doing how the government is behaving how the ruling class has been conducting itself i mean there is uh, there is provable reasons to 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 be angry with the ruling class in many parts of the world including in nigeria many parts of africa and and many parts of the world indeed but the people who want to fight back, the people who want to tear down the system, the people who say, look, uh, these oppressors are only able to oppress us because we allow them. These people say they, they, they are always frustrated by the religious people. They say it's just these religious people. Go to the churches. You don't find the pastors saying, look, what your leaders are doing, it is wrong. They steal your money. They oppress you. So let's tear it down. Let's go out at the street. That's what they want pastors to be saying. No person to say go out there and fight and tear down the system and bring it all down. But they go into churches and they hear pastors say, See, the Lord is on his throne. Let us seek his let us seek his intervention. And those who want to change society in other ways, they find themselves frustrated. They find themselves frustrated by these things and they say to themselves, Look, religion, and they find themselves agreeing with Karl Marx that religion indeed is the opium of the of the people is the opium of the people is the substance that keeps the people in check the substance that keeps the people in check and let's not be uh, too easy uh, to oppose that point of view uh, many leaders indeed in the, in the world many mischievous leaders down in history uh, many uh, ill-intentioned leaders have indeed used religion to to call the people, to call the people, but they think they were using religion to call the people. It is just the Lord's will playing out at every turn, at every turn in history. Another person wrote on Twitter, and this is a person who wrote something uh, trying to to support uh, Pastor Dibwe there. He wrote, "Say, do not joke with this. Please do not make light of this testimony because it indeed happened." I am privileged to have experienced two of Pastor E. Adeboe's strange miracles firsthand. He got to Jalingo Stadium in 2009. I was there with a friend. It was not a rainy season, and the program was tagged Let the Wind Blow. The moment he entered the stadium, about coming up to the podium, the wind started blowing. Everyone burst into prayers. We must be careful what we mock. Another person wrote, saying, It is because you people, it is because of you people that some people don't believe in God. When you lie confidently with the name of God, snow is a blessing to some people. Who the hell is a boy that God will suspend the blessings of others to please him? And so uh, the point I'm trying to make is that you go on social media and you find variety of views on this matter. And as I said at the beginning, you see your position on, on things will be informed by your worldview, by your worldview, by your Christian worldview. If you hold a Christian worldview, what will be your position on this matter? If you hold a Christian, what's a Christian worldview? A Christian worldview is that God exists. 
that God is God, meaning that he's in charge of everything. He rules and reigns over everything. The earth is his and all that therein is. He controls the earth of kings and princes. Uh, the Christian worldview is that there is nothing impossible for God. The Christian worldview is that as a believer in Christ, as somebody who has confessed the Lordship of Christ, who has confessed that Jesus died and, and rose for the sake of reconciling him or her to God, that that person has access to the, to the Lord God Almighty, and you can ask him, and he would give you the end of the earth. The most impossible thing in the world is to reconcile sinful man with God Almighty, and Christ did that on the cross of Calvary. The Christian worldview is that the Lord God Almighty, his power is the same as ever. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. The, the Christian worldview is that the Lord is God. He does not change. He said, I am the Lord. I do not change. I do not change. The Christian worldview is that all the recorded accounts in the scriptures, they are true. They are true that they are not just mere allegories, that they are not allegories for us. They are not symbolisms, that the accounts said to be true are true. The accounts said to be parables are parables, but that the Bible as a whole is the word of God inspired by the Holy Spirit, written through inspired men by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's a Christian worldview. So if you hold a Christian worldview and you hear a testimony like this, what would you say? Would you say, oh, Hmm, some other lie. Would you say impossible? Let's start from the impossible part of it. Would a Christian worldview lead anyone to say that is impossible? Of course, you cannot be a Christian, you cannot be a believer in the Bible and hear any testimony and say that is impossible. If you were to say that, then you would not believe when God's people prayed for the Son to, to stand still. Do you remember? If you were to say, okay, this is impossible, then you would not believe that account in the Bible. Then you would say to yourself, yes, I know it's in the Bible. Yes, I believe the Bible, but you know, uh, I'm not gullible enough to believe uh, to believe everything. Go and read Joshua 10. On the day the Lord gave the Amorite over to Israel, Joshua said to the Lord in the presence of Israel, O son, that's the sun, the sunlight, O son, stand still over Gibeon, O moon over the valley of Aijalon. So the sun stood still, and the moon stopped, till the nation avenged itself on its enemies, as it is written in the book of Joshua. Do you believe that? Well, I would say, if you say, well, I believe that uh, in, in biblical times, but not any longer, then you are denying that the power of God is the same as ever. You are denying the truth in, this, in, in the word of the Lord himself. The Lord God Almighty who said, I am the Lord, I do not change. You are denying that inspired word of the Holy Spirit when he led his, the apostle to write, saying, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Let's start from, again, the first question is, whether the is possible at all whether it is possible for god to suspend the seasons and the times oh that must be the easiest thing uh, for the lord to do nothing is impossible for him to sarah to sarah that angel said would anything be impossible for the lord will anything be possible for the lord and from the mouth of the prayer jeremiah he said with god nothing I'm the Lord God Almighty. Is there anything too difficult? Is there anything too difficult for him, for me to marry? That angel said, with the Lord, nothing shall be impossible. And our Lord himself, our Lord Jesus Christ did say to the disciples, with God, with God, all things, with God, all things, with God, all things. 
all things are possible. With God, all things are possible. Nothing is impossible to God. And so, and you remember again, Remember again what that prophet said, what that prophet said to that king, the king who was who was waiting, waiting anxiously for rain, waiting anxiously for rain. Second Kings 3 17. It said that prophet said, For the Lord God says, You will not see wind or rain, but the valley will be filled with water, so that you shall drink, both you and your your horses, you will not see wind or rain, yet this valley shall be filled with water. Well, I, I'm, I'm speaking to people who are on the Lord's side, so I suppose that I do not need to belabor the point uh, that impossible things happen. I do believe that, and I do not need to belabor the point that impossible things happen when you call on the power of God. So, so the first place is, is it possible for it to happen in 2023? or 2019, or 20, whatever, or even in 2040, the years that are, that are yet to come, as long as, as long as the Lord tarries, God will be God, and it is never impossible to happen. And the second question that the rational mind will address is, is it, is it true? Did it really happen? Or somebody was just trying to call attention to his own power as God's children? Now, those are things that I cannot answer. That's a question you cannot answer. And the questions that you can't answer, you don't bother your head about it, uh, whether it is true or not. If somebody is lying about testimonies, leave that person to God's judgment. Because the Christian worldview, again, the Christian worldview says that God avenges his people. God can avenge himself. I don't need to do anything about it. So if some people will say, look, let's not be naive. There are some pastors who go out there, they say outlandish things, all because they want to build up their follower, their followership, all because they want their churches to be even more populated. So they go out there and they, they cook up stories. Now, we are not naive enough to know that uh, there are wolves in sheep's clothing out there. We are not naive enough not to know that there are wolves in sheep's clothing. Our Lord himself warned us about them. But it's not our place. Apostle Paul wrote to people, he said, look, reserve judgment on the matter of things. You have to you have to suspend judgment because now we see dimly through a mirror. Uh, but the time we come, we are going to see everything clearly as they are. But the things you don't know, you suspend judgment on them, but do not let your doubt do not let your doubt or do not let the existence of wolves in sheep's clothing lead you to say that, oh, all men are liars. All men are liars. Exactly the error into which, into which the, uh, the psalmist fell. That the psalmist fell when he wrote in Psalm 116 verse 11, saying, in my haste, I said all men are liars. In my haste, I said all men are liars. We should not be that hasty to say all men are liars. Yes, we should test all spirits. That's what the Bible teaches us to do. But uh, you see, all the Spirit of God will always testify to the glory of God. And I'm glad with many of the reactions we've had this morning from members of this community. Uh, this one from Stabiodio Seca saying, that's why a lot of testimonies are not shared anymore. A dark unregenerated mind cannot just understand the power and possibilities of God. Hmm. And I do agree with you. And I do agree with you that you see, that's the reason why a lot of testimonies are not shared anymore. I mean, God does some great things for you from time to time. And even you, when you want to share it, you look at you look into the eyes of the people who are going to listen and say, these people will think I'm foolish. These people will think, oh, uh, it just, it's just not possible. Uh, and I'm sure there's nobody who has been with the Lord. Nobody who has been working with the Lord. Nobody who has been 
relying on God in prayer. Who has been praying to God? Who has not experienced some miraculous thing or the other? I mean, sometimes you wake up and you have uh, nothing to your name and you are going to sleep and you have so much uh, to your name. Has not happened to you? Has not happened to you? I've testified a number of times on this platform that sometimes I'm, I'm traveling to court and, and well, I find that oh, traffic has been, uh, traffic was not cooperating. And then I pray to God and I say, Lord, please, this matter should not be called until I get into the courtroom. And I tell you, it not once, not twice, not thrice. It has happened uh, that, uh, and, and on one occasion, it was just as I settled down in court and uh, that the matter was called. On another occasion, uh, the judge actually stepped it down and waited for me to arrive. These are things that we don't take for granted. These are things, because God can do all things. He can do all things. The things, he does not do are the things that he has chosen not to do. Take that to the bank. He can do all things. The things he does not do are the things that he has chosen not to do. Not because he can't. And I always make that point. Nobody should use can't. C-A-N apostrophe T. Can't. Nobody should use that word in the same sentence with God. With God. Don't say he can't do it. You can say God can do all things, but no, he cannot suspend winter. What is that? It's, that is but a simple thing before the Lord. In that passage from Second Kings that we read earlier on, when the prophet said, Look, you will not see rain, you will not see wind, but this valley will be filled with water. You will drink you and the and the chariot with you. And the prophet added, saying, For it is but a simple thing. It is but a simple thing. It's but a simple thing before the Lord. That was a man who doubted God's power. I'm going to read about him. That advisor to the king of Samaria, when the king was told that, okay, don't worry, this time tomorrow, this time tomorrow, there will be plenty in this land already ravaged by famine. That uh, close advisor to the king said, well, even if God would open the gates of heaven, that's not going to happen. This famine has, has, has been so severe, it's not going to happen that way. Yes, I know God can take away this famine, but you know, it's going to take time and then all that. But this prophet is telling you that this is going to happen this time tomorrow. And the Lord led the prophet to say to that man, well, you are going to see it, you are going to witness it, but you will not partake in the coming in the coming prospect. Nobody on the Lord's side should be that doubtful. Nobody of that on the Lord's side should be that critical. Nobody on the Lord's side should be led by the dark elements are, I mean, among us to suppose to then begin to doubt uh, the greatness of God. I also love this. Thank you, Sister Fumbi, joining us this morning. She wrote saying, Jesus says, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can move mountains. So with unwavering faith, we can do what seems impossible in the sight of men. Exactly. Exactly. Because if we begin to deny that some things are not impossible for God to do, what are we doing? What faith are we professing? What faith are we professing? Again, uh, from their sister start down from from jaws yes we didn't say nothing is impossible with god god has the times and seasons in his hands hallelujah i love that he does he has the times and seasons in his exactly this is, is this is this is a line from the bible straight from the bible daniel to daniel to daniel prayed he said blessed be the name of god forever and ever for wisdom and power are his, and he changes the times and the seasons. He changes the times and the seasons. God has the times and seasons in his hands. And then he also wrote, saying, These same people will still doubt that Joshua could command the sun and the moon to stand. Exactly. Again, thank you, Tutu, for joining us again this morning. Writing, saying, The Bible says, quote, To him who believes, all things are possible. Even the secular world has a saying that if you can imagine it, exactly. May God help their own belief. And indeed, 
may God help their unbelief. Uh, exactly, even the secular world says, look, if you can imagine it, you can bring it to pass, you know. I mean, go and read all those self-help books, all those positive thinking books. Uh, what do they teach? They teach that whatever your mind can 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 conceive, whatever your your mind can think of, then you can bring it, you can bring it to to uh, to reality. And is that not what has been propelling even many of the secular uh, secular are founders of great businesses. I mean, look at technology today. Look at the wonderful things that is possible uh, because of technology. It was because some people sat back and said to themselves, it is possible for us to advance this new technology and make it possible to do this and to do that. If secular minds can wrap they are thinking around that if humanity, if human beings have achieved so much fit, imagine, just even think of the feats already already attained by, by mankind. Think of the complex surgeries uh, now possible. Uh, myself and we were watching recently uh, on a program uh, the, the successful uh, transplant of a human face, the first of its kind in the U.S., the transplant of a human, I mean, human face, and uh, that person took us the true you know the very uh, the the many many delicate nerves nerves that those surgeons would have to carefully connect and they did it successfully it is the lord will give them uh, the grace to do that if god has been giving mankind the ability to do fantastic things fantastic things think about all the technology how much more what God can do. I mean, the reason why we're bringing this up is not because you do not already know that God can do it. It's just to solidify your faith and to caution people on the Lord's side not to join the naysayers, not to join the naysayers in saying it is impossible. It's also to caution us. When we hear testimonies, don't bother your mind about whether the person is lying or saying the truth. If that testimony glorifies God, I mean, there's a way you know that the person is not glorified. If the person is calling attention to himself and say, look, when you come to me, I can do this for you. I, 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 I. You know, that person is just trying to sell uh, himself. When the person is telling you that I, I pray to God and God did this for me, your own place is to celebrate the goodness of God. To celebrate the goodness of God. To celebrate the greatness of God. And so, uh, this testimony from Pastor uh, Adeboye is indeed a big testimony. It's an unusual testimony we admit. And miracles are not everyday things. And that is why uh, they are called miracles. They are exceptional events. Exceptional events made possible by God. But it it shall never be me who would doubt whether God can do something. Can! Ability. Nobody should use that in the same sense with God. It will never be me who will say, oh, God cannot possibly do that. The problem with many people, um, social media, and many people who are frustrated uh, with churches and pastors and religion in Nigeria is that they say, look, you, you testify about all these testimonies, but what about our country? See how bad this country is and all over the world. Or people point to, uh, they point to somebody in distress. And you see, it is easy for us to be to be taken in by things like that. They point to somebody in distress and say, look, look at that woman sitting by the roadside. She has been there for 25 years and she cannot move. Okay, look at that brother who is lying in the hospital, critically ill. Nothing has happened to him. Look at that. Look at this. Look at that. Look at the people who are oppressing, uh, leaders who are oppressing uh, their nations. What has God done about that? And now you are saying that God did this or God uh, did that. Our Lord said uh, that at the Bible, the, the, the gospel accounts uh, tell us uh, that God, that Jesus Christ himself went away 
from his people because of their unbelief. The principle of faith is if you believe, you will see the glory of God. And miracles are brought about. Miracles are given to us solely, solely for the glory of God. If a, if a miracle glorifies God, uh, it is more likely than not that it is from God. If you believe, you will see the glory of God. I do pray that uh, nothing will make your heart become so hardened that you become so critical when you hear testimonies. And at any time you hear testimonies, hear testimonies, your first reaction should be praise be to the name of God for whom all things are possible, in whom all things are possible, for whom nothing, nothing is impossible. Okay, yesterday I came across this fascinating story about uh, a rich man uh, who once lived in Ibadan. Ibadan is, is a city in southwest Nigeria, uh, believed to be the largest city in West Africa. His name is Idikon. Idikon. And for those, for some people who know about who know uh, Ibadan, you know that there is an area called Idikon. I know there is a church called Idikon Baptist Church. So I was when I was reading the story of this man that I I came to realize that oh. That church was actually named after a man, or that that area, in fact, was named after a man. According to this uh, this person who who runs a blog, a blog that codifies some bits of of history, this person was saying Sanusi Adibisi Idikon, the Yoruba man who paid tax for the whole of Ibadan, the Yoruba man who paid tax for the whole of Ibadan, and you see from time to time you get to hear stories of of people who did some fantastic things, maybe in the 1880s, uh, in the early uh, 20th century and I just come to realize that as the Bible teaches us there is nothing new under the heavens, there have always been fantastically rich uh, and successful, uh, successful commercial men everywhere in the world, every part of the world, but I want to read this part of the of of this man's uh, history this is Sanusi Adibisi Dikon was an enigmatic personality that traversed Ibadan's la- landscape in commerce engaged in philanthropy and and other humanitarian interventions in the late 19th and 20th centuries. He was born in 1882 in Ibadan during the reign of Arela Tosha, the Valley of Ibadan, and he died in 1938 during the reign of his bosom friend and father-in-law, Olubadon Okunla Abbas Aleshin Loye. Despite being the biggest story of his time, as I mean, that would be the magic expression for uh, being one of the wealthiest and storied man of his time. See, despite being the biggest story of his time, Sanusi remained an unsung hero. Adebisi's father, that's the man, uh, Adeshino, migrated from F1 Laye, from Ijesha, in present-day Indo State. It was an itinerant uh, cloth weaver. He moved to Ibadan with his partner, our brother, 
and settled in Aremo in the household of a particular person, Ibadan had become then the most cosmopolitan city in Nigeria and perhaps black Africa. It was secure, it was accommodating, and it was prosperous. Additional, while playing his trade of cloth weaving, was also a spiritual consultant to Alafia Atiba, who had betrothed his, uh, his daughter uh, to, to him. A detained Tax defaulter usually found it in those days. A detained tax defaulter usually found it difficult to get a contemporary who would bail him out uh, because most adults were tax evaders, and an attempt by a tax evader to bail a tax evader would certainly land such rescue efforts into another detention. And then like, the story goes on and on. And then there's a story of how at some point. Many people in Ibadan defaulted on their tax, and this man, this man, uh, this man, Idiko, volunteered and paid off the tax of so many people in Ibadan at that time. I mean, I really found it uh, fascinating because I said to myself, I mean, that's not the kind of story that you are going to come across uh, nowadays, nowadays where uh, you find that it may not even be possible for a single person to do uh, something like that. But in those days, it was, it was, it was possible because uh, you have... Uh, men of commerce who would have amassed so much wealth and then uh, they are able to stand up to the colonial government and say, look, stop. Stop oppressing, stop oppressing our people and you have put, uh, the, you have put so many people in detention. Please stop it and I'm going to, but it, it, it is really fascinating that somebody uh, stepped forward and said, look, I'm going to pay the tax for all the people in this in this city and and he did it and that is to his credit and the, the person who wrote this history says that he's still an unsung hero because that part of what he did in Ibadan uh, is really is really told nowadays and I did not know about it I just know that there's an area in Ibadan called Idikon I did not know uh, this part of the story of the story behind it and we, don't, we are bringing this up because for us on the Lord's side we are reminded that uh, while the pursuit of money love of money uh, as indeed as the apostle wrote has led to the grief of so many people it is also a gift from God when God gives wealth to certain people he, he, he does it uh, because he has chosen to do it but there's an expectation that's an expectation that expectation uh, is contained in first timothy 6 17 part of uh, paul's writings to timothy when uh, when paul wrote to timothy saying command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant not to put their hope in wealth which is so uncertain but to put their hope in god who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment who really provides us with everything for our enjoyment in verse 18 command them to do good to be rich in good deeds and to be generous and willing to share command them to do good to be rich in good deeds and to be generous and willing to share most times it's easy for people who are not fantastically rich when they read parts like this to say well this is an admonition to those who are very wealthy yes they should do good yes they should be good and, and of course it is true but you know what Somebody has rightly pointed out that both you and me, we find ourselves rich in certain things from time to time. In whatever God has blessed you, be be good, do good, be good in be good, 
be rich in good deeds, be generous and be willing and be willing to share. I think that's what this story should, should, should remind us of. And what is more important is that uh, for, for Christians, Christians understand uh, that whatever God has given you, whether it is, uh, it is financial riches, whether it is uh, riches in terms of of your ability to take the gospel somewhere or your ability to listen to people or to visit people or to be kind or to share uh, or to share the goodness of God, you know that you're going to give an account, an account of it. There are so many people, of course, so many fantastically rich people who don't care about other people we just say to themselves, well, as long as I am well off, as long as I'm doing fantastically well, I don't care about other people. So I do hope that this encourages you. I do hope this challenges you. Uh, whatever you enjoy, whatever you are rich in, and if you think deeply, you will find yourself rich in something. Well, you have been commanded, not by me, but by the Lord God Almighty, not to be arrogant because of the gifts you have, not to put your hope in whatever wealth or gift you have, but to put your hope in God and beyond that, to do good, to be rich in good deeds, to be generous and willing to share. Lay up for, your, for yourselves treasures in heaven. That's what uh, the Lord God Almighty commanded us and exactly what we must do with our earthly resources. Thank you very much for staying with us this morning on Gospel Bless Radio. I hope to be with you again by the grace of God tomorrow for another episode of On the Lord's Side. Whatever you do today, please remain firmly on the Lord's side. God bless you. God bless you very good. You are listening to GospelBellsRadio.com, the Christian internet radio with a mission to engage the culture with the mind of Christ. Keep listening and invite others, too. God bless you. Engaging the culture with the mind of Christ. 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 Engaging the culture with the mind of Christ.